Um, I just, I don't know if I'm ready to record today. Why? Why? Because I still feel like I'm not in a safe space because I don't, I feel like I'm still being judged for my, my love of Lindsay Lohan. Oh my gosh! Look, I'm going to have to side with Emily on this one. You guys. You guys. <laughs> no, it's not like, even worth this story. Feminism. Feminism. Fem- like, no. You know, no, something happened with her recently. What did no. she do this time? Nothing. Oh, she, she made talked about sexual about... assault. Okay, you guys, listen. <laughs> listen. She's been through the ringer. She has. Look, she has. And, I mean, that parent trap. So good. Yeah. What, see? But see what happened to her. Like the lost town of Lindsay Lohan. You know, listen. Did she just like, grow up? No. She no. went through, they use her up at the Disney Channel and all that stuff. That's what and it they is. spit them out. So they why are we. Demi Lovato. So why aren't we mad? Yeah. Why aren't we mad at Disney? I am, I am mad at Disney. Disney okay. But look, there's a lot of people who have a hard time after Disney, but they don't have Lindsay Lohan hard. That was all her. She was the first. No! Does she live in Dubai? Pretty Spears much? <sighs> Dubai? Does she live in Dubai? Yes, she does. You know why? Because she's trying to stay out of the drama and like live her what truest life. I think I listen. I really don't want to talk about (laughs) (laughs) it. See, no safe space here. Wait, did we talk about the in my husband's college dorm room? Like Hillary Duff. Well, he like he liked Hillary Duff, but no. (laughs) Sean had a Hillary Duff poster. Oh my god! What is it about Hillary Duff? It's kind of gross because she was Lizzie McGuire. I got qualms, but but um no, my husband's roommate, who was the best man at our wedding, Mm. he had a Lindsay Lohan poster. See, was it like back Mean Girls time? Yeah, it was two thousand four. It was peak Lindsay. Yeah, sure. Okay. of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today, it's time for Love It or Loathe It with my special guests. Emily, friend of the pod. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hunter, um, new book blogger at shelfbyshelf.com. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, also, Emily owns your maker. Correct. What? Y O U R E. You are maker. Um, we are here today to talk about a novel that I feel like has made a lot of waves. It's gotten a lot of rave reviews um, and has been everywhere for the past, I don't know, couple of months. How long mm-hmm. has it been out? A few months. Yeah. Um, They're There by Tommy Orange. Um, I think it's funny how you said they're there because I had to. I, every time I read the title, I read it differently. Well, because I think they my inclination there. is to say they're there. they're there. Yeah. But that's not what it is. I love the. Is it the Gloria Steinem quote? Mm-hmm. No, Gloria. No. Um, oh no. Gertrude Stein. Gertrude yes. Stein. Thank you. It's the there there. Yes. yes. Which I love that explanation. Mm-hmm. Um. So anyway, we're gonna talk about it. Uh, Hunter, can you give us a brief synopsis of this of this novel? Sure. Um, it's a polyphonic novel following 12 um, American Indians who are all on their way, I believe, to a powwow um, and kind of how their lives are interconnected and what happens when they all get there. A couple there. things we're going to note when they get there. there. Uh, a couple things to note. We are all white. Yes. I'd like to get that out of the way. Um, 
we are all white and we are going to use the term Indians because that is the term that Tommy Orange frequently uses in the novel. So that's how we're going to reference these Native American Indians. Fun fact and kind of annoying, I did research for scholarships when I was in high school. I'm 132nd American Indian. I'm the cutoff. Oh. My grandma was... 116? Yeah. No. Whatever. Too far. Mine too. I'm too far. Oh, I'm... Like, my, my great-grandpa was... Um, full-blooded um, Cherokee. Yeah, my grandma was yeah. like half or something. It was okay. nuts, whatever it was. So we're basically twins. Sure, absolutely. But we're I think, still white guys. Uh, yes. But I think, well, and I think that conversation shows just how white we are. Yep, exactly. <laughs> um, but it also Sorry. goes to show that... How quickly this um, culture, like the culture... Evaporated. Yes. Yeah. I mean, um, because I would like to say... Was front, eviscerated. Yes. yes. Yeah, was was removed yes um we growing up i don't even know the last time i read a novel about indigenous american people like i i do not know the last time i read a book i didn't read sherman alexi mm-hmm. um like i don't know louise erdridge did you read the roundhouse or i didn't read the okay, roundhouse yeah, see, like yeah. so i have totally missed this the only book even recently is killers of the flower moon mm-hmm. um and even that was a wake-up call to me. Growing up, we took a couple of trips out to the Midwest and then to North Carolina, and we saw um, my parents took us to, like, an American Indian production put on by Native Americans, um, Native American Indians up in North Carolina. And so I'm vaguely familiar with this culture, but it's sad to me how utterly wiped out it is that mm-hmm. this novel is the first one I've read, which is part... Which is, for sure, partly my own fault. Um, but I think that's part of the reason it's gotten a lot of buzz because we don't hear these stories, and I think that's really sad. Well, and one of the things that I've heard a lot of praise about is that this is not, this is, the, you know, there's a lot of praise for other, like, um, like Indian or Native American, like, writers or whatever, but this is one of the first ones where it really is showing what's happening to these people today and, like, yeah, the, the urban Indian. Yes. Instead of... Because, yes, the novel culminates at this powwow, mm-hmm. but it's also, I thought, really a love letter to Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. Love is a strong word. But it's a it's a novel about the, the sense of place that the author gives Oakland, California, I think is really powerful. Which, can we talk for a second about how... Because when I read it, I felt like the dialogue was really sharp in most of it. I felt like the writing was really good and that there you really do get a sense of place. You do. And I don't think that I don't think that you get as much clarity sometimes with a debut novel, but I really felt like there was a strong It is shocking to me that this is a debut novel. Right? Truly. Um that being said, I was not sold on this at first. Oh yeah. One of the interesting things, I know Hunter you don't always read the jacket copy, mm-hmm. but something I thought that was interesting about the jacket copy is it describes the plot of the novel and then it says this one is sure to be required reading in high schools and universities for years to come or something like that and I thought what an accurate description Mm -hmm. because there were parts of this especially in the first half maybe first third where I kind of felt like I was slogging through a little bit as if it were required reading um not in a bat, not Tommy Orange's fault, mm-hmm. partly my own fault, partly it's laying the groundwork for what's to come. Right. He has to do a lot of storytelling, but it almost feels disjointed until you finally see what he's doing. Right. And it just takes a minute. So if I know I've had a couple of customers come in and say, I don't know about this. 
admittedly, I think it took some time to adjust to. Um, but I wouldn't let that deter you. Well, and I do feel like, I feel, because after the first story, because the first story kind of was like a gut punch for a second, <laughs> I thought. Because, yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's Is about... Is it the one about the alcohol syndrome? Fetal, yeah, fetal yeah. alcohol syndrome, yeah. And, and it's about him and he's... Like, it's kind of, it, it, I mean, it, the very first page really bookends, or the very first story bookends really well with the last yes. story. Mm-hmm. And when you yes. read it, you'll know why. But it is, when I, I, like, when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is terrifying to, like, and I, like, not any spoilers right now, but, like, it was so terrifying what's happening in that first story with this character and who he, who he is. And every, I don't know, it just, huh. Emily, what did you think, at least of the first maybe half or getting accustomed to the writing and the, and the storytelling. What did you think? I didn't feel like I was slogging through it. It was definitely a lot of wondering where this is going. Mm-hmm. Is this going to, is this a history lesson or is this going to teach me something? I mean, you know, is it going to become like a, is there going to be a, an arc here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Because it kind of felt like it was just, you're just running straight through the story and there's mm-hmm. not a lot of connecting. Yes. Um, but, I felt, interestingly, kind of like reading Crazy Rich Asians, where there's a lot of references to things that seem like they're probably real, but I'm not educated enough uh-huh. to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this what it's really like? Yeah. Is this, did this really happen this mm-hmm. way? And holy cow, why, why do we celebrate Thanksgiving the way we do? Yeah. Right. I already knew, like, I already have strong feelings about it. Yeah. But this was just, I mean, this made me feel hor- terrible. Oh, it's a wake-up call, yeah. Yeah. and it and it reminds you of your not just whiteness, but <laughs> privilege and shelter, like mm-hmm. how you have been sheltered from certain stories, mm-hmm. um, and and not just stories. I history. feel duped. I don't feel sheltered. I feel completely duped. Yeah. I think I feel sheltered. I feel. I think I feel like protected from something that I didn't need to be protected from. Like, right. what's your what? But you don't have a choice. You know, this is not. Someone, your mom not telling you something is that they're actually telling you lies. I think this is history. I think history book writers and choosing right. what to include in history books, I think, wanted to paint a certain type of picture mm-hmm. of America. Yeah. And in that way, duped, sure. I personally just feel like sheltered, but negatively. Like, right. in, from something I didn't need to be sheltered from. It's like growing up in the South. And being given a false report of what the Civil War was about. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's, you know, that's what it reminds me of. Like, wait a minute, that's not what this was about at all. Or or growing up in the South and not realizing lynchings took place in your city. Right. Yeah. It just feels, feels I feel like sheltered feels like... Uh, like someone loved you and wanted to protect you, and this doesn't feel loving at all. Oh, I think that's a personality. Th- I don't like being sheltered yeah. from anything. So I think that's a per- like shelter to me does not have positive connotations. Or yeah. So whatever word you want to use, duped, sheltered, protected, um, hidden from, lied to. Yeah. I think whatever the, whatever word you use, that's how I felt while reading it. Because like you. There were things culturally that I honestly like had to get out my phone and Google. Like I didn't know what was fiction and what was fact. Sometimes was the Indian, the TV, switching the, to yeah. that's true. Yes, that is so disturbing. Yeah. Well, that's well. I mean, because it's kind of it gives you this like sweeping history lesson like over just like a couple of pages, which yes, we, I think that's the part where I felt like who I literally one thing I have noticed about myself, especially in working with the bookshelf, I prefer books with shorter chapters, and I don't know what this says about me. Um, I'm afraid it's part of like the ruining of our brains and like me not being able to 
focus on things, which is sad. But I prefer shorter chapters. One thing I appreciated about this book was it had basically short stories. Yes. Uh, Hunter, I was trying to think of what book it reminded me of, and you're right, it's Kitchens of the Great Midwest, where it's kind of a culmination of all these stories. But I'm so glad they were kind of divided up in that way. The only way I can describe this is I felt a little bit claustrophobic. Like, I felt like, ooh, I need to finish this story and process for a quick second before I move on to the next one. Because I was so bothered by some of what I was reading, um, and I was so stunned at how stupid I felt um, that I needed like I really had to process in between Um, and not every story was my favorite not every story was fun (laughs) like I I can't even describe to you a character that I was like oh I just love reading about Mm -hmm. I did love reading about Opal yeah I I really did like her story well and like and not to get like I I will get into it more when we talk spoilery but um Something I realized when I got to the end and, like, what I've read, like, in the last chapter um, was the reason why it was so important to read. Because some of these stories, they don't really feel like, you know, they, they don't really feel entirely connected. They do kind of, but some don't. And then I realized this is saying that sometimes even these insignificant, the, thing, the voices that seem insignificant, they are still significant, even if they're, they don't necessarily wholly tie over with, like, the whole story. Like, it, I mean, they're still an important life. This is still a person who you know, their life is important to somebody else, like, that's connected. And it, it, it's the first time I've ever, like, really thought about, like, it, it, the events similar that like, go on in our world. Like, I feel like sometimes we, we kind of... I'm trying to find the best way to say this, but, like, we we don't allow ourselves to, like, to feel so holy for a whole entire group of people as a yes. safe net in a way. Yeah. And this really kind of reminded me, everyone that's in these situations, they're all human, they're all being affected. It is their families are being affected. Their friends are being affected. It is a, like what happens to a hundred people affects thousands of people, and then those people like yeah, it is. That I thought it was like really perfectly put towards the end of the book. But when Thomas Frank came in, was he he introduced towards the end? I thought so. Yeah. I couldn't remember. And, the, and his story was written so differently than mm-hmm. everybody else's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he has this whole section about, like, before you were born, you were a head and a tail in a milky pool. You were a race, a dying off, a breaking through, an arrival. And he's saying, like, before you're born, you're already everything in your past, and you're already everything you're going to be. Yeah. Oh, it was really beautiful. Yeah. The, I think what changed the traje- trajectory of the novel for me was that, gosh, probably halfway or even maybe more than that through, there are a couple of chapters that are almost like he introduces it as an intermission. Mm-hmm. And it's not told from anybody's perspective. It's not a short story about a character. Instead, it's kind of this um, reason he wrote this book almost, it feels like, right. kind of stuck in the middle. And and I, I almost... There's part of me where I was like, I wish I had read this before I got started. Because you dive into that first story, which is a lot... Like, that first story is intense. Yeah. And you kind of that middle part of the book finally gave me my bearings if that makes sense like it made me realize okay this is where i a privileged white middle class this is this is why i need to read this this is why this is 
not just important, but this is why these stories matter. This is why these stories are bothering me. Like, I couldn't figure out, why am I having a hard time with it? Like, mm -hmm. again, I just felt like I was drowning in these stories. I really did feel like I needed to catch my breath after reading each one. Um, and that changed a little bit the back half of the novel because it's happening so quickly. Mm -hmm. the, the final moments of the of the book really, to me, happened so fast. Yeah. Um, and that's one, one of the comp titles I mentioned was The Dinner, mm -hmm. where The Dinner had that slow burn. I mean, totally different context right. of storytelling. But, like, very slow. And then, like, the last few chapters, you're jolted into, oh, like, this is yeah. what's happening. Um, did you guys have... I don't know. Am I wrong about that? Did you have a character that you like? I, this doesn't feel like a novel where you can oh. say that. Am I wrong about well, that? Well... Okay, I'll tell you the. I don't know if I really liked the characters, but I liked what he did, what Tommy Orange did, which was he had a a character who is doing the um, the record like recording that he's doing a documentary. I love that. Yes. yes, and I liked that because I was thinking that's what he's doing here. He's telling these different voices, and I thought that was clever. And I also liked the writer who hadn't written anything. Yes. Um, because, Edwin. yeah, because. That's kind of why, like, uh, Tommy Orange, I was reading this interview, and he kind of said that he had some trouble, like, with his right, like, kind of getting something started, and then he kind of came to this conclusion of, like, wanting to tell the story, and then I, like, when you read the book, the book, and you're, like, realizing, he's kind of telling his version of these things, too, like, yeah. his experience, and why he thinks it's so important to tell these stories. One thing I appreciate, even though while reading I found it frustrating, when a character was introduced, like Thomas Frank, where I was like, where does he belong? <laughs> like, I kept wanting to flip back to the front of the book where there was a chart or I something. Know, uh -huh. Especially when I took, I started it Sunday and I finished it today. Yeah. yeah, and you're like, wait a minute, who are these people? Yeah. But, I also appreciate, weirdly, that he didn't provide that. Mm -hmm. Because I kind of think you're not supposed to know until you get their, like, second or third story. Right. Like, I almost feel like he's keeping from you. He wants you to have to remember. Mm -hmm. Did Thomas Frank come back? I think he just had... Am I the, wrong? Either one or two in the very end. I, I only remember one. Maybe it was just one. I had, like... There was a lot that was going on, he, so... I, think, I feel like we should talk about him. Because his, like, the way and the perspective that that story was written was so different from everything Can I else. flip to All it? He's, he talked about you, and then you, and then you, mm -hmm. and then you. There's very little dialogue. Yeah, second person, right? That's what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wonder... I wonder why... I don't... You're right. I think he just has the one... Oh, the other character... I will say the character <laughs> I really... I just remember a character I really did genuinely like was Orville Redfeather... Yes, mm -hmm. and his fam, like his brothers, where their mm -hmm. names were all spelled. I, know. I just, I just yeah. fell in love with that I little those boys, and my heart. They were good brothers. Yes. They were. I just yeah. fell in love with it, and I think that's why I liked Opal with mm -hmm. her kind of taking care of them. That's almost the point where I, I almost cried. Yeah, with those brothers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. was, yes. Well, like while you're looking for that, I have to tell you um, something that like I, I in my like little review that I wrote for myself, one of the. Um, I said this book reminded me of Americana and how it calls out our faults in a lot yes. of direct ways possible. Like, like my, one of my favorite quotes was, you don't have to defend all white people you, um, you think aren't part of the problem just because I said something negative about white culture. And I also realized, like, that is, like, that is, like we need to understand, like, like, you know, like, we cannot feel personally victimized whenever somebody calls out white culture because the thing is, like, it is like our, like our culture is like taking people's land and like and torturing people. Like I mean, like like white culture. What white people are known for are really bad things, and we have to just yeah. like 
it makes me wonder like this book really kind of suggests that you know that I don't know what it's called but when like trauma lives through generations like you're born with the trauma of your ancestors Mm -hmm. it was like okay well if that's possible what am I born with like what Mm -hmm. jerk traits am I given yeah (laughs) even if I don't want to be a jerk I mean that's really what white privilege is is like you're kind of a jerk without knowing it just because of what your ancestors did that's why I loved that inner like I slipped gosh the in the thing he calls the interlude was so important to me where he he talks about the wound that was made when white people came and took all Mm -hmm. that they took has never healed and then this is what got me this is the thing. If you have the option to not think about or even consider history, whether you learned it right or not, or whether it even deserves consideration, that's how you know you're on board the ship that serves hors d'oeuvres and fluffs your pillows while others are out at sea, swimming or drowning or clinging to little inflatable rafts that they have to take turns keeping inflated. I, I it felt like a gut punch. Yeah. It really does make you check. And you're right, Americana does that same thing. Yeah. Where you feel like, I mean, there were a couple of paragraphs in Americana where I thought, well, I have some things I need to correct. Yes. Instead of, I think what our gut impulse can sometimes be is, well, other white people mm-hmm. have this issue, but mm-hmm. I don't. Nope. I got some things that I got a, a, that I apparently yeah. needed to be called out on. And I think we just never, thank goodness for somebody like Tommy Orange, because I don't know anybody else who's telling these stories. Yeah. And Hunter, you made a good point. Like, it's not just the ancestry. I mean, that those stories are important, too, and mm-hmm. the historical things. Killers of the Flower Moon is an important story. But also, what does a does life in a... He refers to them as the urban Indian. Mm-hmm. What does life look like for them? Right. Um, and turns out they are carrying the trauma mm-hmm. of generations and it's affecting I mean I like that he was so honest about alcoholism yes. and the rampant role it plays mm-hmm. um, it, I'll it say eye-opening. this book as you said in your Insta stories is good for um, a book club yes. and I hate that that we have to have these kind of books that are like they, they give you the truth really on like a nice yeah. little package that you can swallow mm-hmm. and it, I felt like he was super he was very powerful. He was very passionate, but he wrote in such a calm way that wasn't aggressive, and mm-hmm. it really makes you think without putting up your defenses. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like you said, that just, I feel, but it annoys me that, like, I feel like I know people that would read this, and then that, and then they could hear it. I mean, that's fiction. Yeah. I totally think that's the power of fiction, mm-hmm. that you can have conversations that, unfortunately, people might not be willing to have, even right. though they should, Yeah. that they might not be willing to have, um... Because of stories like this. And let's be honest, like, it's so funny because when I read Americana, I was totally like, yeah, like, this is how I've been feeling. Like, you know, I like, these are things that I've been, like, thinking myself or, like, things I've heard other people say. Um, Reading There, There, I thought, I never hear any stories about, like, Native American, like, American Indian people. Like, I never hear it. Like, I don't know anything about these people. I don't, I have no idea about this struggle. No point of reference. Right. And it is, like... Still, like, when I was reading it at one point, I thought, like, you know, like, we do not know, like, anyone else's stories. Like, we like we got Americana, and we got there, there, and, like, we are still saying, like, oh, I'm so glad we know this now, but, like, there are so many people who yeah. we still don't know their story. Like, there's, like, I mean, Asian Americans, like, who knows, like, what they're going through? We don't know these people's right. journeys. Like, Well, and one book isn't enough. Right. So I think what unfortunately does happen is you get a book like Americana, or you get a book like They're There, mm-hmm. and a book club reads it, and they think, great. 
done. Mm-hmm. I read a book about Native American Indians, and now I don't need to read anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not true at all. Right. Um, and that's another thing that I love. This book is obviously about um, urban Indians, about Native American culture, and especially what it looks like today. It's about Oakland. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to read a story about North Carolina Indians. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, like. There, it's not just one book and we're done. We don't need any more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think sometimes I do encounter that reader that's like, good, check it off. Like, we yeah. did it. Mm-hmm. My son played T-ball once. He's, I said, do you want to play? you want to sign up this year? He's like, no, I already played. I know how to play. <laughs> right, that's exactly. Yeah. I think that's totally how we can be he with books. He was five, so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let that go this time. Um, okay, so I do think we need to talk about kind of where this novel goes. And yes. what it's building towards. Because it is building towards something. And I'm going to be honest, I didn't. I, Hunter, I think I've taken a page out of your book, and I don't always read the jacket blurb, so I didn't quite know where this was going. No, and not at all. Hunter just made me buy it one day. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, yes, I felt like a gut punch because I was faced with my own privilege. I also felt gut punched because it's intense. Mm-hmm. It, to it me, intense. it... This book probably should come with a warning like for a trigger some, warning yes yeah. for some people like it, it it builds to some really intense moments so why don't we take like five minutes um we'll come back at the tw- at the 30-ish minute mark but talk kind of spoiler filled comments for that last half of the book last third of the book really well i think that this is a really important like this stimulated a lot a lot of thoughts for me about um like like gun laws and gun violence, but the fact that like these people are printing a gun with a three D printer, which was just in the news, in the news. right? Was just in the news, and I couldn't get over it. And I can't believe this is the kind of literature I think we're gonna get in the post twenty sixteen world. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I'm sure Tommy Orange was working on it well before then. Right. But I think I think what we're reading is showing what our world could and does does now look like. Yeah. I do want to say that it was horrific the ending but the white gun was also comedic and he kept they kept saying white gun white gun yes. yeah. white gun and yes. I was like oh I see what you did there yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> real smart because yeah. I know that 3D stuff comes in other colors yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes white <laughs> I, I couldn't like I said the whole novel had felt not slow I don't mean mm-hmm. slow in a boring way but it felt like I was getting the the it's like when you're putting together a puzzle and at the end all of a sudden you put it together real mm-hmm. fast. That's what I felt like. Like I didn't feel like you were putting a puzzle together though. Well, no, not, just like no, just I that pacing. Mean, I mean of... the pacing of it. Oh, like I was like that seemed out of nowhere that ending to me. No, oh. I mean I mean like you'd have when you're putting together a puzzle no, and it goes so it slow. Yeah. Well, I'll say I made the assumption that that was going to happen after that first story when he like when he's talking that a shooting was going to yes. happen. And what and this is what I was like I mentioned this before but I wanted to like talk a little bit more about this now is that when I read this like it reminded me of whenever um, the shooting at Pul- the Pulse nightclub happened mm-hmm. I totally and, and it, there's tons of them but like that one was something that like would have affected me personally a little bit yeah. more and so when I heard that I kind of shut it out because I said I don't want to deal with this right now yeah. I don't want to have this kind of emotional impact in my life because I deal with other things and when I was reading this. All I thought about was, like, you know, how this does happen to every... Like, I mean, this is happening to all... Like, you know, it's happening to people of color. It's happening to, you know, LGBT. It's happening to, like, everyone. But, like, um, it was really stressful to think, 
I did, like refused to learn the names of these people whose life I, I, I just could not learn their ni- names anything about them because it was so heartbreaking that I was like crying anytime I heard anything about it and this all I could think about was like in a different moment in a different place for a different reason this could have been me mm-hmm. and it was like the scariest moment like I, I, I had to like put the, I kept having to put the book down in the middle of the last chapter well and I think partly that's because what he is building to is he's showing what the powwow means to this culture mm-hmm. and so like just like a nightclub shooting or a church shooting or a school shooting, I think it affects us because those are our safe spaces. Mm -hmm. And this is a culture. He goes to great lengths to show the powwow is moments when they travel forever. He has this beautiful couple of pages Mm -hmm. where he talks about traveling from far away and it's their time to finally get together Mm -hmm. and celebrate their culture. It's a safe space. Yes, it's a safe space. And and it's a place of celebration and Mm -hmm. gratitude and to have it interrupted in such a violent, visceral way was awful to Mm -hmm. to have to read and awful to have to read from multiple different perspectives i mean it was it was extremely um moving and also again where i just felt like i gotta put this down for a Mm -hmm. second i the ending really threw me because i could tell something bad was gonna happen i mean they foreshadowed it there were dreams about it or whatever but the fact that they turned on each other, I feel like that should say something that I'm not quite understanding yet. The fact that it was, you know, Indian mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. that did it. And the fact, I also would like to see what you guys have to say about how many people ran towards the shooting. Mm. I think I think he, Tommy Orange did this really powerful job of depicting how people react in trauma Mm -hmm. and remember the guy the young man who's filming yeah and how he un un he like he has been he has been buried in like a booth and he unburies himself and then quickly realizes why did i do that (laughs) yeah and and how we quickly as humans react in these ways that make no sense at all Mm -hmm. running toward danger going to see if anybody needs help instead of trying to get the heck out of there or i think i think partly that was he really portrayed the chaos of the scene. And it wasn't sentimental, like, or, like no. at all. No, And why, okay, so the, the guy in the group that was dressed in, in, what do they call it? Regalia? Yeah. Um, who was supposed to hold up the, you know, get the cash box. Yes. Okay, he stopped and turned around. They I think just somebody, described it. Yeah, I think somebody was... He didn't go through with his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he turned around. Mm-hmm. So then Charles, Charles or whatever they call them. Yeah. Carlos, Charles. The two guys. They mm-hmm. um, started shooting. Yeah, because he backed out. I mm-hmm. guess he was back. He had chosen, I guess, in that moment. But I felt like, why was there not? Like, this seems like a really important point in the book. And it was not a lot of description from their perspective. And though there is a lot of the story from their perspective. Yeah. Um, and so they start shooting each other, and then he turns around, and he runs towards the guy that's still shooting to be shot multiple times. And had a beautiful quote that he heard from his grandmother or whatever, like, if you're going to die, die to save someone, or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just was... I don't want to say I was disappointed. I just... I feel stupid. Like, I feel like there's a bigger message about why it happened that way that is not clear to me, and it's really frustrating. Well, I... It, like, I read it last week, and it's taken me this long to, like, kind of process my own thoughts about it. And, like, I've had to write it down just to make sure I can, like, 
follow and keep a track kind of like so well because I think compared to the rest of the book those pages move quickly yes Yes. and you're right you're not given up until that point we're given a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different stories Mm -hmm. and I mean there at the end we're kind of like it's kind of a breakneck pace and it's not any thought it's all feeling it's Mm -hmm. all feeling of like being pulled under and warmth and water yeah there's not a lot of of description of what they're going through mentally. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's more um, I feel you feel like almost. yeah, you feel like kind of outside the story. I felt inside the story a lot of it and now I just feel like the spectator that can't do anything, mm-hmm. which maybe is that how he wants you to feel. I probably I mean you would think well I mean cuz we don't have any control over like what's happening. I mean like right. and I mean re- and hey the thing is like not only do we not have control because of like certain like I mean it, it kind of talks a lot about gun laws in a really like uh, like sort of kind of way because of them printing them in the house but also like we have like little control over guns I like that he talks about it just in a totally realistic way yeah it doesn't feel like let me make this political statement right instead it's like I bought bullets Mm -hmm. that's really easy to do I made my own gun that's really easy to do they were excited about it Yeah. yeah but I liked that that was just it wasn't let's talk about the second amendment or no it was just this is what the laws look like it is legal Mm -hmm. to do this i like that scene where they were holding it for the first time yeah he felt so powerful yes and then even though and like one guy knew it wasn't loaded Mm -hmm. and he took it but as soon as he didn't have the guy didn't have the gun anymore and knew it wasn't loaded he felt scared yeah it was very interesting to watch that power shift with a single object yes Mm -hmm. absolutely um gosh i feel like there's so much to unpack (laughs) in the in the book. Um, Do you like how the ending had some things tied up nicely and some things that you knew? You're like, why don't you just say that you're related? Don't kiss him because you're related. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I <laughs> I liked that. Yeah. But that's, like, I prefer open-ended endings mm-hmm. in general. Um, I just thought it was interesting how some things were tied up. You're right. Some things mm-hmm. were just... Spider legs were just left out there to Y'all, disturb the you for eternity. Legs really did. I'm gonna have to Google that, that. No, that really like creeped me out. I was like, there was Google some it? No. there was some imagery in there that I like. You Emily, it made me feel like, am I being an idiot? Like, right? Like, well, they do. They talk about spider webs a lot and how important yes. they are, but they mm-hmm. don't really explain it. Like, they they kind of spell out a lot of things for you about Indian culture, but that one is just like, duh, spiderwebs are important. <laughs> duh. Yeah. But I kind of like that, though, because it kind of makes you realize, like, oh, this is something that I really probably should know, and I don't. Yeah. So, like, let me, like... Or that at least I could know about, yes. but I don't. Yes. I at least could find out about this. And I feel I like I'm going to have an itchy leg in the next week. <laughs> is it really what it is? Well. Let me know if you start growing something. Oh, my God! <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, love it or loathe it. Love it. Just love it, period. Like, I, this is this is one of the, like, I didn't love it when I first finished. I was, like, I was so conflicted with my feelings. Like, I knew I, I, knew I appreciated it. What'd you rate it? Um, I, I think I rated it, like, like between, like, probably, like, four, four and a half. Okay. Just, just because it was, like, a little overwhelming for me. Okay. So. I love it. I think it was important, like you said in your Insta story, but I think it's just really beautiful really powerful and very controlled and I just felt like there wasn't a point where he wasn't fully in control of his voice in the story 
And it would just, I feel like if I, if we had a few more hours to talk about it, we could understand so much more about this book and it would be so I want, much deeper than we I'd think. take a class on this book. Yeah. Yes. Like, that's why I thought that was such an interesting blurb on the jacket. Like, the, the jacket, whenever you read a book jacket, it only talks about the plot. It doesn't say at the end, this will be required reading for right. years. Like, I've never heard a publisher, like, laud something as required reading, but now I know what they mean. Mm-hmm. Um, because... Okay, and so I will say I loved this book, but I want to be upfront and really honest that I actually found it rather difficult to read without help. Yes. So what I mean is I would love I would have loved to sit in in a college level course. Yeah. And discuss this. I felt a little bit like I was swimming. Just get Tommy Orange to come do a shot. <laughs> there we go. Just get him to come. <laughs> so I did see he makes appearances. Um, but I felt a little bit this is one of the first times in a long time that I have felt dumb while mm-hmm. reading a book. Where I have felt like, I need somebody to help me with this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I want somebody to walk alongside me with this. Um, so I wound up loving it, but it really did take me... I had to get into the first third. Now, the, story, the first story captures you. Like, yeah. I wasn't bored or anything. Um, but it just... It took me a minute. Not only did I feel dumb because of my whiteness and my privilegedness and my shelteredness or my uh, like your shelteredness yeah yes my angry I'm angry at each other but like it I also just felt dumb like he's doing something here that I want a a really smart professor to teach me about Mm -hmm. like he's doing something here that I I want to know more about um and I'll have to say sorry to interrupt no go ahead um that there were books that I read in high school that I got through, mm-hmm. but I appreciated once we discussed them in class. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, crime and Punishment. It was I got through it. I read it, but when we discussed it in class, I thought, holy crap. Yeah. This yeah. is insane. Yeah. It's so intelligent. And I feel like I like this book because I didn't feel like I was having to read it for class. Like, mm-hmm. I genuinely cared about the characters. Yes. I wanted to know what was happening. But then I also feel the same way that yeah. I could learn a lot more by... That's why I was hesitant some... to use the word important on my Instagram story today, because I do mm-hmm. think some readers get caught up in that and they think, oh, that means boring. I'd like to be clear, I never found this book to be boring. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I think required reading has that connotation, too. The yeah. Like, uh, oh, required reading. No, no. I mean, this is legitimately... Americans should read this book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like... One of the questions that the New York Times asks in that book by book column is a book you think the president should read. <laughs> there, there is one. And by the way, I would have recommended it to Barack Obama too. Like, yeah. I just think it's one somebody in power should, should read. read to remind us of what happens. Does it come in picture book? <laughs> what happens to the people, to the people we we pushed out? Because you're right, mm-hmm. their stories didn't evaporate. Yeah. We got rid of them. Yes. Um, and so. I guess I say all that to say I loved it. I do have caveats with that because I loved it, but it took me a minute. Well, and I don't know if you'd be able to like, because if I hadn't known, the only thing I did know going into it was that it was a polyphonic novel, which just means it's a... I think you just like saying polyphonic. I do. It is a fun word. It is a fun word. (laughs) But I think that like, but if you didn't know, like, and and I'm familiar with this because, um, of the, the kitchens of the great midwest or um, a visit from the goon, goon squad, squad and stuff like it's store it's it's like a novel told in stories kind of thing and if you're not used to that format or if you're or if it's not something that you're aware that that's what it is yeah you could end up just reading this thing in their short stories and that's it and not really 
like getting that connection until you're like halfway through and then right. kind of being really confused. I will say, do you think it's wrong to, and I love where it was placed. I think it's totally smart where it was placed. Mm -hmm. But for example, I've got a couple of customers who are about to put this down because they, I don't think they quite grasped the rhythm of it. Do you think directing them to the interlude in the middle is ruining the rhythm of the story or would be providing them some context that they might need? Like, honestly, I think it's better for them to, like, to read it now and not give up than to, like, just give up on it, like, yeah. because, you know. Confession? Yeah. I did not like the interlude. Oh, interesting. I skimmed it. I tried to, I read the first, oh, like, one and a half sections, and mm. then I just. Oh, no, I'm so glad you said it. that. Yeah. <laughs> because for me, that was such an important, I don't know. I was like, just give me back to the story. Oh, <laughs> that's fascinating. Okay, no, I'm so glad you said that. Oh, that's why I like this podcast. Yeah, mm. but it makes me feel, like. No, no, no. It shouldn't. <laughs> no, I'm fascinated by that because I realized, like, you guys, I think, were hooked by the stories in a way I really wasn't at first. Yeah, the way you describe it was not my experience at all. Yeah. I didn't feel claustrophobic. I could have, if I didn't fall asleep last night, I would have kept reading it to the end. Like, I really liked reading this. I read time. it all in one day, but I did, but I think, yeah, claustrophobic is the word I'll stick with because I just yeah. felt like. Well, Hunter, I told you, it gave me the same feeling watching Sharp Objects on HBO has given me. Like, yes. oh, I gotta catch my breath for a second. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've been holding it for too long. That's what I felt like. Like, because this novel is told, those stories, even the ones that aren't intense, are intense. Yes. Like, I felt like this intensity throughout the whole thing. Because mm. he, he does a very good job of conveying the weight of history. Yes. Like, every story isn't just their life, it is every life that came before. Yes. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. So I think it's obvious that we loved it. Yes. Yeah. Loved it. Highly recommend. Highly recommend, I think, that you read it in a group of some Yes. Kind. Yes. Don't read alone. Yeah. Tip, connect all your customers. Give them each other's phone Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll read it. Or, as yeah, like, hit us up on Instagram because I had a lot of people hit me up, like, talking about this, and they yeah. had lots of great thoughts. Yeah. So... Find hit me up, but it'd be weird. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, find look at all these kids sewing. <laughs> Let me talk to you about this dark book. <laughs> okay, well, um, from the front porch is a production of the bookshelf. It is produced by me, Annie Jones, and Chris Jensen, and it is edited by Chris Jensen. Our intro music is "Bottom of the Barrel" by Forlorn Strangers, and you can find more of their music at forlornstrangers.com. This week at the bookshelf, a funny thing happened. A group from Orlando traveled to visit the bookshelf and just for the podcast, which was super exciting. Um, but what I loved, and I hope that it's okay for me to say this because I thought they were all adorable, but there was a grandmother who could not get over that I guess her daughter, I'm assuming, <laughs> or daughter-in-law, had suggested that this whole family drive five hours for this bookstore. Because I mean, the they really just came for this? Yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. They came just for this, and they like we took their picture. I'm so glad they said it was a big that, that they group. were here. It was a big group. Yeah. I don't even know how they got they here. They had like a 15 passenger van. I don't know. I need one. I'm dying to know. But they like what was so funny is we took their picture, and then like even as they were leaving, the grandma kept like waving five fingers five hours like at me, like <laughs> just so I would know. And I thought it was wonderful and adorable. And I'm I'd, glad you were here for oh, it. Oh gosh, me too. It would have been terrible. So anyway. Super glad. Thank you um, for visiting. I don't, I think, I don't actually know the family's name, but thank you to anybody who comes and visits the bookshelf or Thomasville because of something we've said on the podcast. It really does mean the world and make our day. For the future, don't come on a Monday, though. Yeah, I was, it, today was just Lucky. a random day. Everything's also closed in Thomasville. Yeah, don't come on Monday. Um, okay, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for being here. Thank you. We'll see you next week.